Bing bong. We are back with another edition of State of Bitcoin. But as a reminder, anything we say here is strictly the opinions of the host. And uh, we it should not be taken as financial advice. So if you are a Bitcoin holder or considering purchasing any sort of Bitcoin or anything of that nature that we mentioned in this show, please note that both Brandon and Dan are not financial advisors and anything we say should not be taken as financial advice as it is two guys just drinking over Zoom and talking about our favorite orange pill. So do not take anything that we say as financial advice. Let me repeat one more time. After three twisted T's, you should not take anything we say as financial advice. Now let's get into the show. Whoosh. Right. We're live. All right, we are live. We are having a few chat. Pop off and tell us if you can see us. We got two viewers, Brandon. Let's go. We're big time. We are having big some trouble. Time. Brandon's having some trouble seeing me. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but. The lowest of budget of operations here. A little bing, little bong. All right, let's get to it. All right, Brandon, let's run what we got going on. Price is 38400 is down 5.1% from last week. It's down from the last month and it is down 22.6% here. We've got a market cap of $730. We've got a uh, spent output 0.99. So it's just under that one mark. So people sell Current block height is 724,805. And mean block interval is 10 seconds. Last week we had a difficulty adjustment up. So difficult. Uh, so that's where we're sitting, man. What's going on? I know you got a half marathon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this weekend uh, I, I got a couple of things going on. Uh, uh, there's like, I don't know, some stupid ass CrossFit thing that I'm, that I'm doing. Uh, Every Friday, I guess, for the next three weeks, there's some competition. I wasn't going to do it because I got my half marathon on, on Sunday that I haven't trained for, so I got to save up the back. And uh, some guy was talking shit to me, so now I got to whoop his ass on Friday. So I got to do that tomorrow. Um, and then, yeah, I'm running a half marathon Sunday, and I haven't um, ran over six miles since college. So I didn't know um, – I don't know if you guys knew this about me, but I was a Division One athlete uh stellar track and field long distance runner and uh yeah um so i i guess i i got that going on um and then i got various other things going on too this weekend where i'll probably just get drunk and run this half marathon hung over so uh yeah what about you other than your stream sucking ass and you can't afford internet so somebody uh somebody should send us some money or something to help get to help fund dan's internet because this guy fucking sucks i don't know what's going on again now your mic is off oh my god the lowest of budget of operations here wait so you can't hear my mic at all now no i can hear your mic it's just uh i can't hear your uh like I can hear you, but not not through the mic. This is this is hilarious. (laughs) 
I told Dan to, to figure out StreamYard, and we were worried about my mic because last time we were on the Canadian Bitcoiners pod, it didn't work. And uh, All right, now, what about this? Okay, now I can hear you. Okay, but but my video is still fucked? Uh, yeah, it's not the best. Let's go like that. Yeah, we don't need to see you anyway. Jesus Christ. All right, Dan, well, what do you got going on this weekend? Can, can you see me moving around? Yeah, that's a little better now. Fuck, dude, who knows what's going on here? I've got major issues. I've got people stealing my internet. My enemies are after me. I would love if if someone could just, and that's what it is. Yeah, turn on the VPN. All right, hold on. Joey coming through clutch. Of course, Dan's being a fucking idiot. Jesus Christ. All right, well, well, this is like prime YouTube content, so uh, we'll probably have to chop and screw this one up uh, in order to cut off all this bullshit that Dan's pulling right now. Um, okay, you see me? Yes. All um, right, Dan, so what are you doing this weekend, buddy? <laughs> Jesus Christ, this fucking dude, swindler over here. You know me. You know what I'm up to, buddy. I'm just solo drinking in my apartment, oh. hanging out with the dog. Oh, um, my God. Going to the goat. You know my life, bro. Yeah. Oh, man. So what are you drinking today? I'm drinking some Twisted Tea action. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the the D.A.R.E. days, the D-A-R-E. I don't remember even what it stands for, but there was one commercial that was like, this guy comes up and he's like, hey, man, uh, you want to get twisted? And then the guy looks at him. He's like, nah, man, I got to hit the books. And then uh, the walks away and then the waiter that sees it pays for his lunch. So there you go. Uh, that's how I feel every time I drink the Twisted Teas. Sick. Sick story. All right, let's jump into Bitcoin. I know we got the chat popping off. It says we've only got two viewers, but there's three people commenting. Who knows how the fuck that's possible? People getting on me about low budget op. Let's talk about YouTube. They've got the, a budget through the roof. They can't figure out views and comments. Uh, oh so yeah, go ahead and like this video. Tell your friends to tell their friends to get on. So uh, get the chat popping. All right, so uh, yeah, Dan, let's get let's get it going. You went through the price; the price is a little down. Let's go through your first story. Uh, I know you got something about Intel that you want to talk about. Yeah, all my stories this week are about mining. I'm uh, there's a lot going on. So yeah, Intel uh, revealed their new Bonanza mining chip, um, and they also revealed a a mining system with 300 of the chips stacked on top of each other. So I'll focus more specifically on the mining system. Um, it's like I said, 300 chips can deliver up to 40 terahash per second at 3,600 Watts of power. Uh, it's their first generation. So I kind of understand it. They're probably still in development mode, but they are well behind, uh, Bitmines miners. So Bitmines S 19 J pro can deliver 104 terahash per second, um, at 30,068 Watts. So they deliver, a lot more hashing uh, power at way lower amounts of energy. And then their S19J XP delivers 140 terash per second at 30,010 watts. So it's cool to see Intel getting into the mix here. You know, I've, I think they've got a lot of potential, but at the moment they remain well behind their competition. And their goal is to make an ultra low voltage mining system. Uh, but they're currently producing lower hash rate at higher levels of energy so uh we will see i mean it's their first generation they said they've already got a gen 2 but they didn't reveal any of the tech specs on that 
And then the other interesting thing that kind of came out, not this past week, but a few weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago, in a blog post from, I think it was their VP, a senior VP, is that Block is one of their customers, which is strange. And I think we talked about it last week, Brandon, but Block, uh, I was under the impression that Block was going to be making their own silicon and developing their own chips in-house. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's cool. It's cool to see Intel's in the mix, but as I said before, it's clear that they've got some catching up to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, like we talked about last week, I think it's pretty interesting too, that the, uh, uh, block is going to be like one of their biggest customers. And I don't know if you saw this today, um, but cash app or block reported earnings and, uh, they had $2 billion worth of volume and charged like a 2% fee, uh, a 2% fee on Bitcoin, uh, making them around $40 million in profit. Uh, so two, uh, 2 billion with a B, uh, just on cash app. So, a lot of people moving on to Cash App and then, you know, the Lightning Network and everything like that. Once they imp- implemented that through Cash App, I think it's re- really big. And um, yeah, I mean, Block overall, good company. I'm, I'm uh, full disclosure, I'm a holder of Block. Um, and I think Dan is too. But uh, yeah, I, I think Intel getting into the game is, is really good. I think that their development of chips and everything like that is, is uh, solid. And I think that more and more of these big players are just going to keep getting into the Bitcoin mining space because they're seeing how profitable it can be. Uh, so it just definitely makes sense for overall for the industry. Um, they're starting a little bit later, but they're also a big dog. So they have all this money behind it. So we'll see. I think it's uh, I think it's a good move going forward. What do you think about, I mean, there's obviously political instability over in uh, in Europe at the moment. And some people are saying that China might take advantage of this opportunity and swoop in on Taiwan. Of course, Taiwan is responsible for a huge number of semiconductors. If that happens, I mean, I think it's, I think it opens the market up big time. And and so, yeah, maybe Intel's a bit late on the global stage, but as far as national production, it seems like they might be right on time. And with everything that's happening in Europe, uh, it's clear that miners are, are coming to North, uh, North America, both the US and Canada, to escape these things and to get a little bit more geopolitical stability. And so, yeah, they might be a little late again on the global scale, but if mining continues to migrate West into North America, they might be right on time. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think I I saw something today too, that said like the United States has 35% of the overall Bitcoin hash rate um, right now after China banned the uh, banned Bitcoin mining last, I believe it was like June or July last summer. Um, so after they did that, it definitely helped uh, the United States uh, overall. And I think that going forward, you know, um, I'd like to see more miners kind of, I guess, migrate outside of the United States. But it seems like everywhere else, like you were saying, like the geopolitical stability definitely plays an effect uh, of all these miners. So yeah, um, I think it's good uh, going forward. And, uh, you know, they got a little catching up to do, but I think that, you know, Intel is definitely primed to do it. Um, so let's move on. Let's move on to the next story. So I, I kind of focus on um, a few other things. I focus on more, I guess, macro things, uh, governments and uh, countries stuff, implementing Bitcoin, et cetera, et cetera. So the first one I want to talk about is uh, Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin legal tender laws are uh, going to be introduced sometime this year in Mexico. So that's uh, just south of us here in the United States. Um, but uh, Indira Kempis, which is uh, the Nuevo 
uh, Leon Senator visited El Salvador earlier this year and uh, basically, you know, really liked what they're doing in, in El Salvador with Bitcoin legal tender. And I mean, to be honest, how, how could you not? They're developing the country rapidly. They just opened up a full like veterinary hospital that was basically all funded because of them making Bitcoin legal tender. And, uh, you know, more and more of these Latin American countries uh, like Mexico are taking notice of these uh, of the success of El Salvador uh, turning Bitcoin into a legal tender. And so I think, you know, if if the uh, El Salvador experiment would have gone negatively, not not many of these countries would be implementing it. But obviously, you know, they're doing something right there and they're seeing a lot of uh, positives come out of it. And so LATAM is kind of taking notice. What do you think about all this? Yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before countries start to adopt it. And for whatever reason, uh, LATAM appears to be ahead of the curve here. Uh, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's it's super bullish in my opinion. Um, do you know, Brandon, where like any of these locations are? <laughs> I heard you like struggling to say the name of a city. Well, yeah, I have no idea, honestly. Um, I am part Hispanic. Uh, my grandmother is from Mexico City, but other than that, I have no idea. Uh, all I know is it's like a small senator. Um, but I mean, it's definitely you know a, st- a step in the right direction, right? Um, yeah, that's what so- that's what I was that's what I was wondering is like how how big it was, what was the population size? Because um, you know we see this stuff too. Like I think we saw it in California you know, there's one person in some out of nowhere town that's proposing to make Bitcoin legal tender in California. It's like, all right, well, there's zero chance it's actually going to pass in California. Um, and it, it seems pretty easy to, to just propose these things. So I was kind of wondering how big this guy was. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I do think that, you know, Mexico and California are drastically different, you know, because like, like we were saying earlier, the United States has a lot more political stability, um, you know, these Latam countries, uh, Mexico's using their own, their own currency, the peso, which isn't very stable, um, especially like relative to like the U S dollar, which isn't stable at all these days either. So, um, I definitely think like, you know, it, it, it holds a little bit more weight in these Latam countries because they're more, uh, underdeveloped than, you know, the United States and some of these other ones. I wouldn't say Mexico is necessarily like a third world country, but, um, you know, Bitcoin being legal tender there would make a little bit more sense than, uh, you know, it being introduced in states. But it, it makes more sense, uh, you know, like we like we, we kind of discussed last week when California, Arizona and some of these states uh, propose Bitcoin to be legal tender. It's mostly because like like we were talking about, like it's it's almost like Europe at a point where these southern states stayed open and uh they're suffering from the policies of other major states like California and New York that shut down and shut down their economies and everything like that, where states like Florida and Tennessee and Texas and, you know, Arizona stayed open. And because they stayed open, you know, their economy started to thrive. Um, so it is becoming a little bit more segregated in the United States. I feel, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of, uh, people moving from blue to red States, uh, just because of they, them staying open. Um, but, uh, I think that it's still overall, the United States is pretty, um, I guess together as of sorts, um, compared to a country like Mexico. 
yeah, the other thing you have to keep in mind too for these LATAM countries are uh, the ability to use Bitcoin for remittance payments, right? And you can do so with, with apps like Strike and it looks like Cash App will probably be rolling something similar out. You can do so uh, basically instantaneously and free. So the remittance payment part for LATAM is huge. There's obviously a bunch of people in the US right now that are sending money back to their families in South America. Um, and if you can do that for free, almost instantaneously or virtually free and instantaneously, then uh, it's a pretty good deal. You don't have to go through Western Union. You don't have to have the wait time. You don't have to pay their fees, anything like that. So uh, I think that's got to be on the minds of a lot of people. I, I mean, I would imagine it's on the minds of a lot of people, including politicians down south. Oh, definitely. All right, let's move into your next story. Um, so what you got on the docket? You got something about Bitfury? Yeah, Bitfury. I've never been more bullish on Bitfury. Um, opened up another mining center in Sarnia, Ontario. I know we got a few Canadian boys in the uh, audience here. I don't. I think Sarnia is right across the river from uh, like Michigan. Like I think it's super close to Michigan. I might be completely wrong about that, but yeah, um, I have no idea. Canada kind of sucks to be honest with you. Their ketchup ships are terrible. It seems like Sarnia, like or it seems like Canada is basically. Like all the landmarks in Canada are just basically landmarks in the U.S. Like they kind of, like Niagara Falls is a good example of that. Um, yeah, hundred percent. They kind of like poached our culture and everything too. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I anything that's in Canada, I can't. You can't really be bullish on or anything like that. But uh, I don't know. You are also a HUD eight guy too for a while, and they're in Web three. So um, I don't. I don't know if I could really trust you on this one. Why are you so bullish on Bitfury? Dude, it's right. It's right across the river from Michigan, and actually, it's like just north of Cleveland. I bet I could actually see Sarnia from Cleveland on a clear day. Um, you don't get too many of those in Cleveland, though. <laughs> no, almost none. <laughs> All right, let's talk Bitfury. Yeah, Bitfury man opened up a, a a new mining center in Sarnia, Ontario. As I was saying, it's actually already up and operational. By the end of February, they expect to have a capacity of sixteen megawatts, and by the end of uh may this year they expect to have 28 megawatts and i believe that they're saying that it's got a total expansion potential of up to 200 um megawatts so that's awesome this is uh one of many of their uh bitcoin mining centers they operate now in six different countries including canada norway iceland and central asia um, and on top of mining the thing that makes me so bullish on bitfury is that they are gaining a strong reputation for in-house technological developments. So they now, I believe, are on their seventh generation of in-house developed uh, ASIC mining chips. And they've also partnered with, uh, what was the name of this company? They've partnered with a company to develop a uh, immersion cooling technology and it's scalable. So they can have an entire mining center that is um, immersion cooled. So this is one of the things that I love about it. They're not just expanding, opening new data mining centers, but they're also doing in-house development. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with those twisted T's, dude. You're getting twisted. Uh, but yeah, this is I, I love this stuff. I love to see it. And I, you know, Brian Brooks kind of popped onto my radar maybe a little later than he should have um, last month when he testified in front of Congress. He just tore him up, man. Like any anytime they came at him with anything, he was ready. He and he had the receipts. Uh, so, love the company. Love to see what they're doing, and looking forward to see what they do going forward. Yeah, and I mean, we we talked about this in our Sunday Scary Stock Talk when we were going over HUD eight. Um, the thing I really like to see about these Bitcoin mining companies is that they 
focus on Bitcoin, right? You know, a lot of these big companies, uh, as they scale, they kind of, you know, focus on a few different things like Amazon, for example, right? So they got the, the marketplace, they got AWS, they got, you know, a bunch of different products that they roll out and a bunch of different sectors. But at the beginning, they were just a marketplace, right? So that's what they focus their bread and butter on. I like to see these Bitcoin mining companies like Bitfury come in and just focus strictly on Bitcoin mining. How can we become so efficient? How can we find the cheapest amount of energy or cheapest cost of energy? And, and how can we obtain the most of it? How can we scale up our miners, et cetera, et cetera? So I really like Bitfury. Um, and I think like the, this expansion too is, is very bullish for it. Not financial advice, of course. So, I mean, if you want financial advice, you should go over to the Canadian Bitcoiners podcast and listen to Len. Um, but don't really because he gave us bad advice on HUD-8. So, obviously, that's satire. I, I, I don't want to indict Len over here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I, it's very bullish for me. I think Canada is a, a good space for Bitcoin miners, especially, you know, with how cold their winters get and everything like that. The uh, letting off heat doesn't really... Um, you know, for like half the year, it doesn't really matter to them too much. So, um, yeah, overall, I think, uh, you know, Bitcoin mining is definitely heating up and the industry as a whole is just expanding like crazy. So, yeah, you got anything else on that? I just want to point out, yeah, so the company I was talking about that they've partnered with to develop this immersion cooling technology is Liquid Stack. Um, and again, like, the, the cool thing is that they're proving that they can do it at scale so they can have entire mining centers uh, immersion cooled. And hey, if you can keep these things cool and you can keep them running longer, then there's less uh, churn on your machinery, right? So again, like this is the stuff I love to see. I don't, I don't want to see a company, Len, I'm looking at you, bud. I don't want to see a company focused on fucking Web3 and making sure that their board has 40% women on it. Right. Like, I just don't care about that. I want the best people in the best places working uh, in, in positions where like it's the best match. So love to see it. Love to see Bitfury doing this. And again, super bullish on anything Brian Brooks is doing. So, yeah, that's, that's what I've got. And I mean, uh, you had said something else, too, that is slipping my mind now. So we can move on if you want to. I got to I got to slow down on, on the sauce here. Yeah, glad you pay attention to everything I say while we're doing this uh, conversation back and forth. That's really great. Uh, you know, our, our connection here is just unbelievable. Buddy, what, what happened to your head? What where I you had a haircut like three weeks or two weeks ago and it's already it I know, already it's looks like up. Shit. I gotta go to I gotta go see Nick the barber, my oh, homie. Really? He's a candy. He listens to us all the time. Just kidding. Nick but uh, <laughs> all right. So the next story I got is uh, Brazil is going to regulate crypto and Bitcoin. So Brazil is the biggest country in Latin America by population. Uh, the Brazilian Senate will now vote on a bill that allows the Brazilian uh, central bank to regulate uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. So the bill was an initially unanimously passed by the CAE. So um, it kind of gives promise to the Senate vote looking going forward. The only thing I don't like about this bill is basically it's intended to regulate the use of crypto and Bitcoin for a quote unquote illegal activity. So they're going to be trying to monitor these transactions more more closely. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of Latin American countries uh, try to integrate Bitcoin, crypto, what have you. Uh, you know, we, our, my last story was all on Mexico um, wanting to, it to become legal tender. Um 
so this is another step. I don't know if it's necessarily in the right direction because, you know, I feel regulation can be good at, at some points, but it's also, you know, a sense of control, right? So I don't really know how I feel about this. I think like, you know, a, a good portion of the Brazilian population, I think it's like 3 million people have uh, used Bitcoin or you know, made a purchase of some sort of cryptocurrency on an exchange. And that's the same amount of people that are like active on their stock exchange. So, you know, obviously it's a very, very big popularity, but, you know, is the regulation going to be good? Time will tell. Um, like we kind of said earlier and the Latin American uh, governments not, are not necessarily like the most stable. Um, we also saw, you know, Brazil kind of do some, corrupt things when it came to the Olympics and uh, the World Cup, uh, forcing all these people to to work endless hours and things like that just to get prepared for it. So I don't really know how the Brazilian government is going to go forward with this and, uh, you know, really looking uh, like as a bright outlook. But, um, you know, it's another Latin American country getting involved with Bitcoin. So how do you uh, how do you feel about it? I'm kind of like up in the air on it. I, I think it's good in some some aspects and bad in some. Yeah, I mean, you always have to balance these things. I do want to point out before I go forward that it looks like, Brandon, someone in the audience actually wants to rent. I know you're still, you've got your uh, your unit listed. Um, so no free ads. I, I actually, uh, we can get into that at another time, but I might be listening to that on, on Airbnb now, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe send this guy a message. Tell him about your unit. Maybe send him a few pics of your unit. Yeah, I can. I can send pics of my unit if you want. Um, on my OnlyFans, if you guys want, charge yeah. monthly. Send sats. Yeah, green candle OnlyFans coming soon. Um, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I, look, it's like uh, Bukele was catching some shit today or yesterday uh, about like he was call he was calling out. I forget who he was calling out, but someone kind of called him out and saying, oh, well, you don't call out China. Like he's partnered with China for a few things. And China obviously is is um, doing some things that some people might classify as uh, abuses of, of human rights. <laughs> Why some people and not others. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, no one's going to be 100% good. What you hope for is that the people that are Look, I always I always tell people this. Like I said this for four years while Trump was in office too. And and you can get there's like four options. You can have the person that tells you uh tells you what they're doing and they're a good person. So they they're good and they tell you the truth. That's like the optimal. That person almost never exists. The opposite side of that is you could have a person who's evil and lies to you, right? That's like the worst of the worst. And I feel like that's where most politicians are. Like they're, they don't have your best intentions in mind and they're going to lie to you about it. And then there's the in-between where it's like, oh, I'm a good person, but I lie to you sometimes. Or I do things opposite of what I say I'm going to do. So it's like, you have to just constantly think like, well, there's this unachievable, unachievable uh, maximum that most people just aren't going to be in. And then there's a, the, the worst, which is completely evil. Um, and then there's a lot of in between. And so each person has to be taken with a, with a little bit of good and bad. And, uh, it seems like Brazil's probably in that. It seems like a lot of LATAM is like LATAM has had how many, how many problems with, uh, drug Lords, 
infiltrating government and things like that. A lot of it, uh, by the way, funded by things like the CIA. Uh, so, Bing bong. Yeah. So, you know, it's like uh, Brazil. Yeah. Maybe they did some shady shit with the Olympics, but at the end of the day, when you start to onboard people into Bitcoin, if it's truly open and they're using Bitcoin the right way, then it's kind of the Trojan horse argument, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, a little bingo, a little mango. I don't know how I feel about it. I am still like, like you're saying, I, I it's going to be tough to convince me that any sort of regulation is going to be good. Um, so, uh, yeah. All right, Danny boy, what you got for your next story? Yeah, I think we could have a, a great conversation about this one. So again, it's related to mining, um, but it's Illinois and Georgia last week proposed tax breaks to attract miners, mining companies specifically. Uh, the bill in Georgia was aimed at the state's uh, existing tax code. So they wanted to basically extend something that they already apply to other data mining centers to, or other data centers to mining centers. And it's just to exempt the sale or use of electricity uh, that those mining centers are using. And then the Illinois bill, again, would just be modifying a, an existing uh, piece of legislation. And it would just qualify under the definition of Illinois data center, these mining centers. So both, both proposals, excuse me, both proposals are just uh, expanding to include, um, in this case, it's cryptocurrency miners. They don't specify Bitcoin miners, but that's what they're doing. And I think the, uh, the big thing that I wanted to point out here is that if you look at Brandon, the link, I know you've got the document open. I linked to a rank provided by the U S energy information administration. It's a rank of total energy production. Now it's it's, it's 2019. I couldn't find anything that was more up to date than this. And it just ranks all of the U.S. states uh, in terms of how much energy they produce. And if you take a look at it, Texas by far is way up at the top. Then you've got Pennsylvania, Wyoming, Oklahoma, West Virginia. So if you look down this list, what you'll see is that Illinois is ranked 11th, which is which is you could argue is pretty high. But you can see the amount that they've got is way, way, way less than Texas, who leads it. And then Georgia is down here at 28th. And so what I want to talk to you about is like, how do you attract Bitcoin miners to your state if you don't have available energy, right? Like the only way you could do it is through these tax breaks. And the fact that we're seeing states propose these things, I think it just shows you that Bitcoin mining, like the industry's here to stay because even the states that don't just have a bunch of abundant energy and are trying to attract people into their states like Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota. Like, I know we've got a bunch of Canadians in the audience. Not a lot of people want to live in Wyoming or North Dakota. <laughs> there's not a lot going on there, right? But there's abundant energy. So you can pull people in with that. Well, Illinois and Georgia, they don't necessarily need Bitcoin miners, but they obviously see the state representatives see that there's an opportunity here. And so to bring them in, they're going to use things like tax breaks. And so this to me, makes me super bullish again on Bitcoin mining um, because it's showing you that even these non-energy rich states are trying to attract these companies. Now, I don't know if they'll be successful. I doubt it because at the end of the day, you know, Bitcoin miners need energy. They need cheap, reliable energy, um, not necessarily good tax laws, but it is cool to me to see that these states are trying to get them. Yeah. So 
people that know me know I, I know I'm a Chicago guy. I got shooters in Chirac and I got broads in Atlanta. So I, I, I have a, a close home in, in both of these places, but I think this is a last uh, a last ditch effort for the state of Illinois. You know, we've had a lot of people moving out of Chicago um, because it's not, you know, becoming the most friendly place to live. I mean, it's very dangerous. Uh, the policies up there have not been very good uh, to the citizens there. And, you know, like even the nice places of Chicago now, I, I have friends who, um, you know, renting nice apartments and uh, there's, you know, people getting shot right outside their their apartments and things like that. So I think that this is kind of an effort to bring people back, at least in the state of Illinois. Um, because, you know, it, it's kind of like what, what we see in like New York, right? So we see the mayor in New York say, oh, um, you know, I'm going to adopt Bitcoin or I'm going to accept Bitcoin as payment. And then he goes strictly against the Bitcoin ethos. And I think that's kind of the same thing in Chicago um, and Illinois as a whole. Uh, Illinois, you know, they, they have a lot of, I mean, outside of the shitty city of Chicago, it's, it's essentially just cornfields. So, um, I don't know, like really what, it, what would be attractive to there. I know that there's a lot of open land. Um, so if you wanted to build like a big facility, you know, it's got, it's as far as energy, it's gotta be wind, right? I was thinking the same thing. Like Illinois has nothing. It's gotta be wind. Yeah, but that's only like really in the city of Chicago because it's off of Lake Michigan, right? So like anywhere else, it's like, all right, well, maybe solar. I don't know what else they would kind of get that that energy from, you know? So I like I said, I think it's kind of like a last-ditch effort because people are moving out of like states like Illinois and moving down south. Um, now, as far as like the state of Georgia, I mean, that, that makes a little bit more sense to me, I feel. Um, you know, not as many people are there, but... I think, you know, Atlanta's got a very big hub. People are kind of flocking to Atlanta right now because it's south, but not too south. And, you know, they whatever you want to say about their policies. And it's a very large city. You know, it's one of the biggest metropolises in the in the country. I think it might be like behind like L.A., New York and like Dallas. It might be like the fourth or fifth or something like that. Don't quote me on that. But, uh, yeah, I think uh I, I'm less bullish on Illinois and a little bit more bullish on on Georgia, but I I think like like you said, I I, I, was, I think it's a kind of like a last ditch effort to to attract people to their states because you see a lot of people flocking to Texas and Florida and like some of these other more Bitcoin friendly states, so they're like okay, you know they see it looking uh, looking for all these other working for all these other places, uh, so they might as well try it, but um, you know. Shout out to my shooters in Chicago and broads in Atlanta. Um, that's all I got to really say about that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't think these Bitcoin mining companies bring in a ton of employees. Um, but it is interesting. We got Len here saying, I believe that's who's on the Canadian Bitcoiners Clips uh, channel. Check out the Canadian Bitcoiners, their main channel and their Clips channel. Um Biden's executive order and Russians, Russia's new relationship to Bitcoin might throw a wrench in Bitcoin being accepted by the federal government. I agree 100% with this. And Brandon and I were talking earlier about uh, the pending executive order that was supposed to come out this week uh, with everything that's unfolding over in Europe. I don't know if it will come out this week, um, but the Department of Justice last week announced that they're forming like a special group 
to look specifically at uh, blockchain technologies and how to confiscate things <laughs> from, from these different blockchain technologies. So I think we might be into, uh, we might be in for some rough times in the U S with this stuff, unfortunately. But again, it's like, man, it's getting so in North America, it's getting so integrated that I don't know. I don't think it's going to be as easy to shut down uh, as people might think. I, I, I hope that's the case. I know for a fact that that's the case with Bitcoin. I mean, maybe it's, you know, maybe they start shutting down mining operations uh, in the U.S. And then look, look where, look what Ladam's going to do. You think Mexico's not going to let these people come down? You think El Salvador's not going to let these people come down? Like you think Brazil's not going to let these people come down? Um, Joey's saying Corn Pop is busy. He might be asleep. I don't know. I haven't heard from the guy. Uh, but yeah, no, I uh, mean, I, I agree with you here a hundred percent, right? And I think this kind of dovetails into my next story pretty well. Um, so. You know, we have the Canadian government um, warning uh, exchanges to not encourage self-custody. So exactly like what you're saying, right? So all these places are trying to regulate it and things like that. Um, but Bitcoin can't be stopped, right? Because you can self-custody it. You can exchange it with people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we had the CEO of Coinbase, Brian Armstrong, and then the CEO of Kraken, um, I don't remember his first name, but it's something Powell. Uh, he, they both tweeted out about self-custody. And uh, the Canadian government sent those tweets to law enforcement, which is insane that, that we're getting to that point. But they're like basically like, hey, this is, this is bad news. Um, we covered last week how uh, they were freezing bank accounts. And uh, you know anybody that was in relation to helping the Canadian trucker con trucking convoy um could be potentially you know in some deep shit and uh yeah now they're trying to get people to not uh self-custody their own bitcoin so um you know the one thing about bitcoin that you mentioned is like you know you can't, it can't be stopped i could self-custody my my bitcoin on this ledger over here and uh you know you'll have to come to me to, to try to get it and uh you might not necessarily even know who whose address it is or anything like that as well so um that's you know the main reason why i think a lot of us are all bullish on bitcoin uh and uh the way that they're pushing this government control or governmental control right now is uh making me more and more bullish uh of bitcoin by the day um so yeah what do you think about all that yeah yeah i mean a hundred percent look if you're a publicly traded company in the U.S. and the SEC slaps you with something, right? it doesn't have to be the SEC. It could be the IRS. It could be any government agency slaps you with a subpoena to, to turn over information. You're going to do it, right? So, you know, I've got family members that are uh, in the legal side of different industries that are like, uh, you know, connected to financial institutions. And they spend entire days just dealing with the IRS, right? So, uh you know, you have no choice. You just don't have any choice because it's, well, am I going to give up my customer's data or am I going to go to prison because I've refused to uh, submit to this subpoena? And that's, that's just how it is. So it's more important than ever that you take your, like if you, if it's not your money until it's in your own wallet, it, it just isn't like, those aren't your coins. Those aren't your sats until they're in your own wallet. So get a hardware wallet, take your sats off the exchanges, 
And then like you were saying, like you, then you got, they got to come to you, right? Come and take it. That's the motto of Texas, right, baby? Come and take it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Put that shit in a safe, buy yourself a, uh, you know, a, uh, a weapon and uh, be ready to protect what you got because they'll come for it. hundred percent. They'll come for it. There's no doubt in my mind. doesn't matter what your political union is. They will come for it. Yeah, and if you're a pussy like Dan, you gotta get a weapon because you can't defend yourself. Because I could whoop Dan's ass in a fight. So yeah, I'm just I mean, wait, I'm <laughs> waiting for a SWAT team to show up at your house, and you think you oh, can just like, go hand to hand with a SWAT team? Bro, I, I would it. fucking murder that guy, kick him right in the chest, break his sternum. That's that's my strategy. But yeah, uh, I don't even know where the fuck I was going with that. I just wanted to flex on you that I can I can beat the shit out of this guy. No, I, I mean, so I start jujitsu lessons next week, actually. Oh, yeah, you need lessons, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I mean, but like, it's, I think it's really important. You know, I think we're, when you're in these unstable times, like, I think people underestimate how quickly things can fall apart. You know, like we're watching what's happening in Europe right now, and we're, we always think that things are just going to continue to get better. Like that history doesn't bear out that way. Um, so I think you just have to be ready. Like, in that, it, it's on all levels. It's on the physical level. Like you should, you know, you and I, Brandon, how many times do we talk about like, it's how important it is to stay healthy, how important it is to, to be fit, how important it is. Um, so, so it's, you know, in Bitcoin, we typically talk about this in terms of money, but it's in terms of everything. You, you got to be ready for things because things can spiral a drain pretty quickly, man. Like things can, can fall apart and get a lot worse really quickly. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it, it, part of Bitcoin is like, you know, it's not only like taking control of your money and kind of being aware of like you getting absolutely fucked by inflation and taxation and all these other things that are taking away your hard earned dollars. It's also like, all right, I got to take control of everything else in my life. Right. Got to take care of my, my diet, my physical fitness, like, you know, how I hold myself. Um, all these other things like take control of how you learn too. you know, the information you absorb um you know how you sift through information it's just kind of like a full-on mind mindset shift of 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 sorts so um you know like you said things can really get uh could take a turn for the worse um i feel like we've kind of been talking about this impending uh war going on in russia for the past couple weeks um and unfortunately today it seemed like uh russia invaded the ukraine um and uh, yeah, we can kind of get into that. I, I kind of want to get into that and, and like your thoughts on it and how you think that ultimately affects Bitcoin, um, the markets, how it affects us over here in the United States and everything like that. So why don't you take a take a dive in on that? Well, yeah. So, I, I mean, I was just saying things can fall apart quickly. The Ukraine used to be called the breadbasket of Europe. Like it used to be one of the the most uh, resourceful in, in terms of uh, in in terms of food production, it used to be one of the most resourceful countries in all of Europe. And so that ended when the Soviet Union rolled into the Ukraine, uh, had forced starvations. Uh, you can look this up. It's called de-kulakization. Kulaks were successful farmers in the Ukraine. And the Soviet Union went in, stole everything that they had. And it got to the point where it's like, all right, well, you're, you're a successful farmer if you've got a farm and cows. And then it was, well, we confiscated the cows, but you're a successful farmer now if you've got a farm. And then it was, all right, well, we've taken all of your grains and we've taken over your farm and put it into a commune type setting. Now you're a successful farmer if you've got a few plants in your house. Then you're a successful farmer if you've got stuff hidden away in your floorboards, right? So talk about things falling apart quickly. 
um, it, it's already happened and it happened over and over again in, in the 20th century, less than a hundred years ago. And so like, we always have to be on the lookout for things like this. As far as what's happening now between Russia and the Ukraine, I was in a boat to be completely transparent. I was in a boat where I thought it was all just, uh, as, as some of our friends put it, jawboning. Um, I thought that they were just, you know, trying to rattle cages that nothing was going to come of it. But yeah, today you wake up and you see, <laughs> you see that, uh, Putin's being serious here and he's, he's rolling into the Ukraine. And so my thoughts and prayers are with everybody, um, in, in both countries, man, the thing is, is that night, I'm guessing 99% of Russians have no problem with 99% of the Ukrainians. And like, I, so it just, it, it blows my mind. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. I wish that we were better equipped to deal with the situation in the U S unfortunately, I don't think that we are, uh, you know, it says something that, that we, we had four years, Brandon of, uh, I don't think anyone is questioning our, our political stances at this point in our careers, but we had four years of this shit not happening, record peace deals in the middle East. Uh, and then, you know, all that's gone in one year. So it's sad, it's sad, man. And it's, it's sad to see that our military is coming out and talking about things like uh, white rage instead of prepping, prepping, like having a military. Um, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's sad to see. I wish that it was, I wish that these things weren't happening. And now that they are happening, I'm wishing that we were in, you know, a, a, a better place to deal with it. And then the other thing that I wish is that we had a media that would honestly cover it because a lot of the reason I didn't think anything was going to happen is because our media was pushing it so hard and our media has been dead wrong about everything for the last five years related to Russia. And so I always just assume that whatever they're saying, the exact opposite is true because of how wrong they've been. So I think the U.S. is going to learn and the world's going to learn quickly how important it is to have a truthful media, a trustworthy media, which we no longer have, in my opinion, um, and how important it is to have a military that's actually a military and that isn't focused on nonsense. Look, I saw something today and it really resonated with me. It says... Hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. And I definitely think that that's, you know, runs true with what's going on right now. Um, you know, we were kind of talking about it earlier where we're, we don't really like seeing companies that focus on, you know, oh, you know, in their investor calls, they're, they're talking about how diverse they are and how inclusive this company is and everything like that. Sure, that's all good and well and everything like that. But at the end of the day, we're all about snapping necks and cashing checks, right? So at the end of the day, you want to be a company that's making money. You want to be a company that's hiring the best people. You want to be a company that's being profitable and, and figuring out the way to effectively use their, their employees. And it's the same thing in the United States as a whole. And it's the same thing globally. The United States has been on top for a good bit of time. And uh, now it's it's all this culture that's kind of developing where it's like, I, I can't say something, I got to be filtered or, or I'm going to get canceled. And, uh, you know, you're afraid to really speak your mind. And if you do speak your mind, you know, and yeah, specifically like, like the left doesn't like what you're saying, you're going to get canceled or, or banned or something like that. Um, and it's really unfortunate that these are the times that we're living in, because especially for like the United States military, like, 
Russians or whoever we're going against don't give a fuck if it's girl or guy or whoever. They're going to kill your ass, dude. Like, they don't care. They're just going to find a way to, like, you know, to beat your ass, like, in all seriousness. And so, like, it, it's just, like, we're focusing on the wrong things while these other countries, like, um, China and Russia are focusing on, like, you know, their authoritarian rule. And they're like, hey, you got to do all this. You got to do all this. So instead of here, we're, we're discouraging masculinity. We're discouraging all that stuff. And, you know, with all the, the diets and, and things like that changing as well, we're losing a lot of testosterone in the young kids. Like, the way that the things are going in the United States are just, like, men are becoming weaker and weaker and uh like mentally just breaking down way too easily well, and, well Bra uh, brandon brandon that's i mean that's gonna have real world consequences right when things well, like this it. happen so we're seeing yeah, it right now yeah so just imagine you know my my grandfather um rest in peace uh was a a world war ii veteran he was he was a prisoner of war in nazi germany and i think back all the time to like, do you, do you see our generation? Cause that's who it would be us and younger people. Do you think that, that our generation is going to be storming a storm in Normandy? Like there's no, there's zero chance there. They can't handle hearing a lecture that they disagree with at university. They're, they're on Yale talking about Halloween costumes being triggering. These people aren't storming a beach to, to fight a war. There's zero chance. And so like I said, the world's going to wake up to the fact that over the last two decades, three decades, whatever it's been, we were focusing on the wrong things. And Russia and China, they were focusing on global domination. Um, now, look, I disagree with the way that Russia's run and the way that China's run. Um, and I'm not saying that it's better, but certainly we're going to figure out that it's it's better if your goal is to win a war. Um so, man, it's it's a sad state of affairs, and I think it should have people worried. I, you know, I don't, I'm not I'm not a fear monger, but it's something that the world definitely needs to recognize. Oh well, well, hundred percent, right? I mean, it's like at the end of the day, like like we're saying, it's it's got real world consequences. I thought it was pretty interesting today too. Like even with everything going on in the Ukraine and Russia, I thought it was going to be a bloodbath in the market for Bitcoin for everything. Bitcoin actually had like a pretty good day and the stock market in the United States ended up going up. So, so, so why, so why is that? So why is that? Yeah, exactly. Right. Cause it's like, we've been having these talks that, Hey, the, you know, the United States, the fed's going to raise rates in March. Right. We've, we've had our good buddy Masa who a uh, friend of the program. If you join our Twitter spaces on Friday, you'll see him. Um, but, uh, He's he sent us a tweet that there was like a 71% chance, I want to say, that they're going to raise rates. And it was basically like almost guaranteed whether it's going to be 25 or 50 basis points, right? Well, now we have a war going on over in Russia. Do you really, in Russia and Ukraine, do you really think that they're going to raise rates in the midst of a war where it's like, at least here in, the, in, in Tampa, I saw a buddy say that they rose gas down the street from him by 18 cents from uh, like nine o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock in the morning. So they were all telling me to run, run to the gas station as soon as I can, in case they can't, they can't raise it anymore. So do you really think that they're going to raise rates and, and let these, uh, you know, let it, let it make it harder for people to, to borrow money and, and things like that. Um, what, with what's this it, thing? Yeah. What's interesting. So I don't think they'll raise rates at all anymore. I, I now think that we won't even get a rate hike in March 
Um, and what's interesting is that our economy will probably continue. Uh, yeah, Len saying Jamie Dimon said it would go seven to eight times in 2022. I mean, I think there's zero chance. I think there's absolutely zero chance. Um, what's going to be interesting to see is, is how our economy who hasn't been able for the last two years to catch up with these supply chain issues, how any of this will make it any better. It'll make it worse. So our economy will probably get worse, but asset prices will continue to go through the roof because we now live in a, in a world, a fiat world where your company, your company's value is based on the access that you have to cheap capital. Like that's it. It's not about providing a service. And as you said, you know, friend of the program, Masa, has been saying this about Netflix for uh, apparently years. I just met the guy, but he's been saying this for a long time where it's like, yeah, Netflix, they're not even really providing you a good service. They've just got easy access to capital. So they're a growth company, a growth stock. How many stocks out there, how many companies are like this where they're not even really giving you a better and better service, but their stock, their stock price is just up and to the right constantly. So you need to stop and think about that. Um, why is this company... Why is the stock selling at three, four X when the products are maybe even getting worse, right? And it's it's because they're not giving you a service. You're not giving them value for value. Their their entire thing is they've got easy ac easier access to capital than their competitors. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see, man, over the next over the next uh, what is it? Almost March. Over the next nine months. I, our economy could get worse, but the asset bubble could get even bigger, which is what we've been saying is probably going to happen. So, hey, yeah. like, look, it sucks that our thesis is potentially going to roll out as true. But like at this point, if you don't understand that this is how the game works, then, you know, good luck to you. But this is how the game works. <laughs> like, It's a fake game. <laughs> Well, it's crazy. Like you can't even, like you said, you can't even just value a company at this point. Like it's so hard. It's almost like throwing darts at a fucking board. It's ridiculous. Like you could just pick any, any company out there. There's like a few here or there. And like, you might get lucky. We might get one that gets a big giant fundraise and raises a shit ton of money. And then all of a sudden they put web three back there and it's like the dot com bubble. Right. So I don't know like where this is going to go, but at the end of the day, it's like, just going to keep increasing the wealth gap right biden said that he's going to help all his buddies uh or help uh you know decrease all that and then you know what's going on here i think that that people don't realize the real killer is not taxation it's not anything like that it's always inflation right inflation always benefits the rich and always hurts the poor and it always increases the the wealth gap you can't go wrong about that like that's that's almost a hundred percent the case and it's just going to continue to keep happening. And at the end of the day, it, it's sad to say, but the rich are going to keep getting richer and the poor are going to keep getting poorer. And to a certain point, it's like people are pouring money into real estate stocks and everything like that. It's like, if you don't already have assets and you already don't have like a good paying job and anything like that, you're going to be working to, to your eighties. Like you're not going to be able to make it. Um, I mean, like you're seeing this right now. I, I'm seeing it right now with my house too. Like my house is inflating like crazy. Um, I want to buy another one to, to get into more, more rental properties, but it's looking like it's harder and harder. And so, you know, we kind of preface it at the, in the middle when, uh, we had some, uh, bot come into the chat, but 
I'm looking and it's like, well, if I want to actually buy another house, I need to make more money on the one unit I have available. And what's the one way I could do that is Airbnb opposed to uh, opposed to just a long term rental. So like I'm I'm looking at more creative ways to try to get more money in my pocket too to try to, you know, figure out how to how to keep growing my wealth because it's like you got to keep playing this fucking game and it's like every single you know if you, the the people that get the most creative are the ones that are gonna end up turning out all right and the ones that already have the most money and can buy up all these assets they're they're gonna be the ones that you know like we said keep prospering so yeah well and, and what's what's the one way that nobody uh that nobody's trying to get rich doing nobody's trying to get rich by putting their money in a damn savings account right thousand percent so or, or high even high yield saving account right so that's, yeah. how, that's how i originally saved for my house and those rates were two and a half percent in like 2018 2019 so that wasn't like that long ago if you think about it like three four years ago i'm getting two and a half percent now you can't even get higher than like 0.5 percent and it's like even if i was doing that i'd feel like an idiot because houses are going up by so much more and it's uh, at that time it was like okay well you know house goes up three to six to nine percent whatever depending on where you're at um that's a good bit but it's not as much as it's going now it's like i could put my house on the market right now and the day it would it'd be out i'd probably get like four or five cash offers for like i don't know 50 to 100 grand over over the asking price no matter what i put it at so it's crazy um the times are crazy and it and i feel really bad for like those people that you know, we grew up with because they all graduated for the most part um, with student loan debt. So it's like they're going to be paying off that student loan debt. The average person pays that off until their 40s. And then, um, you know, then they're not going to be able to really afford a house or they're going to have to afford a house in some faraway place outside of a city. They're not going to be as happy. They're going to be working for a lot longer. And, you know, it's just like kind of like a never ending cycle. And we're like that one generation that kind of get got kicked to the curb. Um, so I don't know. It's it's really tough times. And I think the the best savings technology right now is Bitcoin, right? Because like, it's the one that makes sense. Um, that that cap of 21 million, just I, if it doesn't resonate with you right now, I don't know how it I don't know what you're doing. Because like as much money that's being printed and circulated into the system right now that that it is is like, I, we need something with like a hard cap more more now than more than ever so i i think we're seeing the ultimate convergence of sell points uh for bitcoin sell points in the asset and network realm right so as you're saying inflation's worsening they're now doing shit that is uh uh you know it's hard to say whether or not the things that are happening in europe right now are just balance sheet maneuvers as we've been talking about in our little chat um it, like how far are they willing to go to keep up the inflation so that the economy doesn't crash? It's hard to say right now. It really is, unfortunately. And so Bitcoin comes along and you've got an asset that has a hard cap and um, appears to be a good store of value. But then you've also got the Bitcoin network, right? So in these times of inflation, you can look at the asset and be extremely bullish on just the asset. But then you look at what happened in Canada and you look at what's happening now in Ukraine and let, let's just use Canada as the example because it, it actually played out. Well, there was a tally coin fundraiser. People were able to get these people money in a, through a decentralized network. Um, 
whereas they got shut down with GoFundMe. Sorry, my dog is trying to play with me. Get out of here. What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, so, you know, that's that's more of the network side of it. And then, of course, you've got apps that are coming out that are able to deliver remittance payments and things like that through the through the Bitcoin and Lightning Network. So I, I think we're at this ultimate point where at this point, if you don't understand Bitcoin either as an asset or a network, ideally you understand it as both. Um Good luck to you. I, I don't know. I don't know when else you're going to see uh, this this kind of convergence. So, yeah, man, I've never been more bullish. Everyone knows me. I'm an hourly cost average guy. I buy every hour. Everyone knows it. On Fridays, I up my hourly cost average to um 69 cents every hour, which is huge. I see. I people see it. Um, I'm very public about it, and you know, I encourage others to do the same. Not obviously, that's not financial advice. Shut your fucking mouth, dude. Jesus Christ. I hate this guy so much sometimes. Dude, get a haircut. Get a haircut. Oh, my God. This guy, like, at first, our our last videos, he would have his three degrees in the background. Now he got embarrassed and bullied off the internet of those three degrees. And, uh, you know, now he's got to – somebody's got to bully the shit out of this guy and just kick him in the chest about this fucking hourly cost average well, thing. I'll, t- I'll tell you this much right now i i did take the degrees are not down they're up there but they're off to my side now and uh there was some bullying going on and I, it's not a joking matter i you know I, i'm against online bullying 100 fucking mouth you soft piece of shit <laughs> christ all right dan's new nickname is charmin Char- underscore dan that's where you can follow him i think Ten it's time five. to wrap this uh, i think it's time to wrap the show <laughs> Ten I fly can't Dan. deal with this fucking bullshit anymore. <laughs> Ten fly Dan, dude. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it, Brandon. Where where can people find us? All right, so you can find us at Green Candle IT on Twitter and Instagram, but our Instagram account is kind of ded dead. Um, but also follow us on YouTube. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, you can kind of find our YouTube account. Uh, look at our, look out for our Substack at GreenCandleInvestments.substack.com. Um, and then also look at our Sunday Scary Stock Talk podcast. We might start doing a stream on that. Uh, that's TBD. Um, we release those on Sundays, kind of hungover or maybe still a little drunk or buzzed from the night before. We talk about the stock and macro environment. We usually be- uh, break down a stock. And then also on our Twitter account, join us. Um, if you're listening to this Friday morning, join us later that day at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on our uh bitcoin happy hour we have some guys that are in the chat joey and lynn uh that always talk to us there i don't know why um we usually get smarter people than joey and lynn but uh well smarter than joey lynn's pretty smart guy but joey's we we take what we can get honestly we take yeah sometimes we just like to help out the bad guys or uh the bottom feeders is like we really like to call joey but uh yeah we do we take what we can get and uh yeah, we do that Twitter space. And then we also have like a macro slash stock specific one on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Uh, that we get some pretty cool guests in as well. Um, am I forgetting anything? We put out two newsletters a week. Um, I, think, I think, Brandon, what you need to do is you need to practice like a 30 second thing in the mirror, maybe twice a day, three times a day until you get this down. Because it seems like you just kind of go on for minutes in minutes here check this out hey everyone we're green candle investments we put out two newsletters every week one on monday one on friday we also host twitter spaces one on tuesday one on friday and we put out two podcasts one on sunday 
and one on Thursday. Tune in, follow us on Twitter at, at Green Candle Investments IT. Yeah, oh. but like we we put the we put the podcast out on Friday though too. Like yeah, we, we do the video quicker. we do the video on Thursday. Now that it's live stream, we do it on Thursday, and then the the audio is released on on Friday. Yeah, but look, here's Joey saying that, that everything I just said was true. So you just need to you just need to sit you just need to work on it. Joey, don't kiss his ass, dude. Oh my god, this guy you're you're listening to a guy that fucking tore his Achilles playing beer league basketball. That's who you got backing you up over there. That's true. That's true. Drink some milk. Yeah, that's right? true. <laughs> I don't know if milk helps your tendons. Jesus dude. Christ, drink some milk, kid. <laughs> Let's wrap. Let's wrap. I'm out of here. All right, I'm out. Thanks for joining the chat. Uh, little end, can you end it and we could stay with the chat or what? No, it's going to end for everything. All right, you're a fucking idiot. All right, just wrap this shit.